You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 163 of Life in Ruins Podcast, where we investigate the careers and research of those living life in ruins. I'm your host, Carlton Shield Chief Gover, and I'm joined by my co-host, Connor Johnnan. Connor, where's David? David is fighting a battle with a fan right now, which he's currently losing. The fan isn't even moving, but it's uh, it's still winning. <laughs> That's why it's winning, because it's not on. It's not working. So David has has taken his bus and is now in Laramie, Wyoming and living on Connor's curb. Land. My goddamn land. Oh, did he park in the back? No, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's public land, technically. I just like to think of him as like a peon, you know, paying tribute to me. It's funny because I, I bet it's in the same place that I remember it being during Crave's wedding. <laughs> it's not there currently, but it's uh, it's on its way there. Fair. So, yeah, he's dealing with that. He'll hop on one of these episodes in the near future. But for now, on this lovely episode of 163, Carlton has been on a kick, you could say. I think you could you can kind of pick, pick it up, seeing as like some of the stuff we talked about in our previous episodes. There's been a lot of... It's been pretty heavy paleoanth, oldest burials. Uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about Naledi. I think that was the same episode. But we've we've talked kind of about that, and we haven't really done that before in the past in our episodes because we are not paleoanthropologists. But Carlton sent an article today uh, that really kind of spiraled us down in, and really put us in... Carlton sent us an article today that like sent us down a rabbit hole uh, on on a topic that we are not super familiar with, but we're interested in. And because we needed to record an episode today, I think you sent it. You sent the article today, just to unveil for folks how organized we are. You sent the article today, and then in the last thirty minutes, we made an outline. Is that too much yeah. information? I think that sums up <laughs> what happened. No, well, I sent the article yesterday because like we were supposed to record yesterday. Oh, you just so said what yesterday. Are, so okay. what are we going to record about? So like recently I've just been going on like archaeology news sites sites and like what what interests me. And so we talked about – I haven't done paleoanthropology in a bit. And I, and I really do like paleoanthropology. Me too. We – like clearly don't know the goddamn fossils because we go over this every time. But like we, <laughs> like we did last time before uh, the Dr. Koenig episode where we were like, let's take a topic. And we did the same type of thing with that bow, the evidence for Neanderthals having the bow. Mm-hmm. We did that whole thing too. Like we, we know the human behavior and activity, how you find it in the archaeological record. And it's like really interesting, especially when we're talking about human ancestors. When do we see you know, these behaviors first began and how do we see them today? So we came across, I came across this article in uh, Heritage Daily. In the archaeology section, it is uh, titled Evidence of Neanderthal Cannibalism Found in Spain. And like I remembered in uh, University of Wyoming when we were doing the bioanth theory course that, you know, the topic of cannibalism came up with Neanderthals. I was like, well, let's, let's just talk about cannibalism. And like really quickly, we started going down some really fucking crazy rabbit holes because there's a lot more evidence for cannibalism, not only just in Neanderthals, but atomic and modern humans and like homo antecessor that like cannibalism it's present. And and so like, as you've heard me, Connor and David bitch about like how little evidence there is for shit in paleoanthropology, the fact that there's so much evidence <laughs> of cannibalism is kind of startling because it's like, you know, we like, don't have that many fossils. And they're like, here's a dozen sites where people were definitely <laughs> cut the fuck up. And it's like, whoa, okay. And what does this mean? And uh, how do we see it today? And then also like, as we were going through it, like a recent article came out like today, and this is uh, June 26th from, uh, it was co-authored by one uh, from a, a professor at Colorado State University, um, Connor's alma mater. And it just like so happened that there was like, oh shit, there's like more evidence of that article's titled A Case of Cannibalism, Smithsonian CSU Researchers Uncover How Human Relatives Butchered One Another 1.45 Million Years Ago. So yeah. So cannibalism is hot right now. Let's just uh, let's just say that cannibalism is hot in the news. And I think in my understanding of it is like the common idea behind cannibalism is that we don't really see it till later. Like we're not seeing it with Neanderthals. We're not seeing it with Homo erectus. I think that's like the common thing. You get really good evidence like later in time that people are eating each other. Obviously with ethnologists and uh, cultural anthropologists going out and studying people, you have evidence of cannibalism. You might have earlier stuff in, in Mesa Verde, but 
it's rare to push it back. And I think obviously that has something to do with the, the limited record we are having, the limited sample size, et cetera. But it's exciting and, and interesting to to get into this and we'll see if this is kind of like challenging the the, the common narrative about this. Um, but I think we're going to start off because we don't always do this, but you know, we are going to do something. We're going to define terms. We got to define some shit. We're going to define some terms right now. So uh, get your pencils ready and write this stuff down. Exactly. So the first one we got is cannibalism. Cannibalism is the cultural practice of eating human flesh. Yeah. So basically cannibalism is always practiced in groups and it's considered ritual. It's a, it's a ritual and social institution. So it is a cultural practice. So like in, in cannibalistic societies, cannibalism is, is a norm and it's not odd like it is in today's societies. Then we have excarnation and excarnation refers to the practice of removing the flesh and organs of the dead before burial. Now, this is going to be critical as we talk about this, this evidence and how people are talking about cannibalism, especially in the past. So we have cannibalism, group practice of eating the dead, of eating human flesh, excarnation, the practice of defleshing and deorganing bodies before they're interred, no eating. There's zero eating in excarnation. And then uh, we have oh, fuck. <laughs> anthropophagy, 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 anthropophagy. Yeah, anthropophagy. I hate that that middle piece. <laughs> fucking up. Anthropophagy. I can't do anthropophagy. <laughs> and anthropophagy. I'm sounding. I'm sounding it like an idiot because, like, that's my redneck roots. This is how I have to say it in order to pronounce it. Oh jeez, what did I just do with that? What is anthropophagy? That's that's it's not so cannibalism is like the ritual and social practice of it. Anthropophagy is when it happens more incidentally or is just the act of eating human flesh. Yes, so, so that, that's it. It's not a social institution or a ritual. It is like one person eating human flesh within a society. So like Hannibal the cannibal is actually Hannibal the anthropophagist or like the Donner party, like evidence of, of cannibalism today where it's like a bunch of people stranded out in the woods, all they, and like they have to resort to eating each other to survive. So think of, didn't we do a whole whaling episode too about this recently ish? I think fair, fairly recently. I don't know if we talked about cannibalism, but there were, I, I'm going to throw Alfred, Alfred Packeter in there too, because Colorado. Oh yeah. And that is the name of, uh, the musical the dining hall in boulder oh really <laughs> yeah so actually this is kind of funny it's so it's uh so there was there was a they when they redid the whole dining hall they had a contest of who what they should name it. and the south park guys who are cu boulder alums they're the ones that put alfred packer's name up so it's the alfred packer cafeteria <laughs> named after named after cool. fucking anthropophagist yeah well and they also um they wrote a whole i think their first thing they actually wrote together was an alfred pack the musical so there's a whole musical that they wrote and was performed about alfred packer which is something i want to watch so so this this is important so like we normally today when we talk about cannibals we're actually talking about anthropophagists because cannibals that's a that is a group social activity so like some of those groups that are um in the malaysian islands i think that rockefeller kid got eaten by cannibals oh yeah for sure yeah and I do want to throw uh, two other terms in there. They're not going to be as important to what we're talking about today, but it's it's good to know. I guess we are a learning podcast or a teaching podcast. I don't. That's debatable sometimes. But uh, we're, a case, <laughs> we're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, uh, there's two different types of cannibalism in reference to people or in-group cannibalism and out-of-group cannibalism. So exo-cannibalism is when you take victims or take people from other groups or enemies that are killed in combat or prisoners of war and and, and eat them with the aim being to take revenge or assimilate such virtues as their strength or courage. Um, so this is found in the Fiji Islands. Also in Wyoming. You know, uh, have you ever been by Crowheart Butte? No. Out near Lander. So there's this butte out in, in the Wind River Reservation. It's it's close to Lander. And it was a site. So like uh, Shoshone's, hashtag Team Shoshone's versus Crows. A Shoshone chief, brave, I don't know. A Shoshone warrior 
killed a crow, took out his heart, climbed up Crow's Butte and ate it while the battle was raging. That's how it's got the name Crow Heart and like the crows dipped out. Do you, if, we, if we had a soundboard clip for That's So Metal, that, that that's where it would be right there. We don't have it. God damn. Oh, here, here it is. According to legend, following a five-day battle for rights to the hunting grounds in the Wind River Range, Chief Washakie of the Shoshone and Chief Big Robber of the Crow agreed to a duel, with the winner gaining the rights to the Wind River hunting grounds. Chief Washakie eventually prevailed, but he was so impressed with the courage of his opponent that rather than scalp him, he instead cut out his heart and placed it at the end of his lance. Oh, I thought he ate it. I mean, it's a legend anyways. I like yes. my version. He got up top yeah. and ate it. Yeah. All right. And uh, there's also endocannibalism, which is uh, the r- ritual consumption of the d- deceased from one's own social group. And that, in some cases, is to con- guarantee that the dead person's spirit would r- remain am- amongst the living, kind of in order to pet- perpetuate their presence or maintain continuity between life and death. This is also called funerary cannibalism. So there is, there's kind of a big study and there's a diversity of cannibalism or anthropophagy or so you know you all the all, that, God, fuck that word fuck that can, word can we just call it uh can we just call it alfred packering or yeah, donnering whatever, whatever <laughs> with this word needs like you can't put a p in the middle of a word and then put a second p right after it and make it a ph too yeah it's well, not like <laughs> god damn english is stupid <laughs> we'll just call it donnering yeah donnering i like that <laughs> So yeah, so that's kind of the definitions and and from there. Um, and this Neanderthal that was found in in the Spanish cave has there was they found a Neanderthal juvenile skull fragments of a collarbone, etc. And there were several cut marks, kind of indicating that they were processed by other Neanderthals or possibly eaten by their relatives and. And this is something I think we can eat, we can bring up now or we can talk about later, but the evidence for cannibalism in the past usually is one thing and one thing only. And that's, that's cut marks, right? Yeah. That's, that's, everyone assumes that there's cut marks. So that equals cannibalism. And that's kind of been the common, just the common thought that, that, that there isn't maybe not defleshing, there might not be excarnation or anything like that it's always jumped to cannibalism as like the first explanation for these things absolutely i mean like i think that's originally like those old school 20th century interpretations but as we move to the 21st century like it's definitely got a little bit more complex that's why i wanted to talk about that excarnation is that there's there's plenty of human burial practices across the globe that come in a variety of ways so either defleshing intentionally or even like we talked about sky burials two episodes ago that's excarnation Mm -hmm. but right but when we see cut marks this is where it can get pretty fun because one thing that I really like about zooarchaeology is especially cut mark analysis and how you can tell how intense people are harvesting flesh and species so like bison, for example. You can tell by where the cut marks are on the bison bone to figure out what cuts of meat people are procuring. So just like same if you go to a, a butcher at your local grocery store, you can see the cut marks, what what pieces of meat they're, they're eating. So you can actually tell like, oh, how intensively are they butchering these animals to get meat? And we see, if, especially like in the archaic, they're really getting prime cuts of meat because there's so much more bison. They're cutting, running them off cliffs. Whereas we get closer to time, especially during the reservation era, where bison are being systematically hunted by the United States government, or not even hunted, killed. Indigenous cultures across uh, the Americas are like intensively trying to take as much meat and offal off of these animals for for nutrients. And so when you look at, as, as Connor was mentioning, we see cut marks in hominids. And that's like, what the fuck? Like, why are they cutting up? And this is what we talked about in two episodes ago. Like we talked about like the first evidence of burial practices, right? Is like this what we're seeing with like Homo antecessor or what's happening at Kubifora? Is this actually like an earlier type of ritual practice regarding the dead of this mm-hmm. deflushing, right? And that's where it gets fun. And that's like cannibalism is such a hot and heavy topic, especially in today's society. That's why it gets all the heat it does because that, that has so much weight to it. And like for us and Western societies, cannibalism is a fucking no no. We don't do that. Like that is yeah. an extraordinarily taboo. You know, I, I guess like since it's cannibalism isn't isn't it's not necessarily taboo because it's not a practice, but definitely fucking uh, donnering. Yeah, donnering. <laughs> That's fucking taboo. Like sometimes it happens like with whalers. It was actually 
that I mentioned earlier, I went on a whole podcast thing about Moby Dick. That's where this is all coming from and the story it's based off of. It was actually common for whalers, especially ones that were lost at sea. Like it was just kind of like, oh yeah, no, you had to do what you do to survive. Like the captain that was the based Moby Dick off of, like when they found him, he had killed his nephew. And when they found him like in the fetal position in a boat, like sucking on the, the metatar, metatar, metatarsals, like sucking on his finger bones for Merrill. And they were trying to get him off the boat and he was trying to protect his nephew's bones that he was eating on. And they're like, Oh yeah, shit happens. They've been lost at sea for like six months. Like it was, it was a, yeah, but if it's cultural practice of whalers, then I guess it's cannibalism. So now we're getting the fun <laughs> vocab word. I guess cannibalism was fine if you were like there was nothing else left. Yeah. Yeah. And was that the Essex? Is that the. Yeah, the Essex. I, yeah. Yeah. And the Heart of the Sea is a great book on that that um, kind of details that. And they have that the movie, which is kind of OK. I think that's good. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something super interesting is that. In certain cases, it's like excused. It's given. Okay. That's like shit happens. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's also like it's an othering for us. So like as as Western culture, as people go out and study other things, you think cannibalism only exists in other cultures, like primitive cultures. You kind of like associate them with that. And I think you could, you could also put that into the past. So you're like yeah. – you kind of put them away and you say that, Oh, it's just other people. It's not what we do, but there is kind of like a stigma that and judgment from us about everyone else in the past. So I think that's where this is, this is coming from. And uh, I think on that point, we'll, we'll take a little break and poo and we'll, we'll dive deep into this uh, early Pleistocene cut marked hominin fossil from Kubifora, Kenya. Goddamn right. Kubifora. Everybody, Chris Webster here to talk about one of the latest supporters to the Archaeology Podcast Network, The Motley Fool. Now, I've been investing in the stock market through various applications for a few years now, and everybody who's listening to this can benefit from that sort of investment for the long-term financial planning. And also, I know the hosts of these podcasts can benefit because as archaeologists, like none of us get retirement, <laughs> we all have to kind of fend for ourselves. So investing in the stock market is a good idea, but not everybody can do it. And look, we get it. The market is complicated and confusing, and to many of us, it simply doesn't make sense. In fact, where do you even start? Take all of the guesswork out of it with the Motley Fool Stock Advisor. The Motley Fool has been around for over 25 years and has been spot on in recommending some of the world's most important companies before they hit the big time. I'm talking about Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, Starbucks, all before they exploded in value. With their easy-to-use and super informative service, Stock Advisor, you could join the ranks before they potentially find the next big thing. After all, their average stock recommendation is up over 400% as of April 10th, 2023. And no need to be intimidated by financial jargon or market complexities. As the name suggests, these guys don't take themselves too seriously. Now, finances, that's a different story. Their friendly and relaxed approach has helped over 700,000 people move closer to financial independence, all while beating the market and having fun. New members can access Stock Advisor for only $89 for their first year, a full $110 off the full list price. Don't sit on the sidelines and think about what could have happened. Visit fool.com slash APN to start your investing journey today. That's $110 discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew annually at the then current list price. So again, check the link in the show notes of this episode. Hey, Archaeology Podcast fans. Anyone that's heard me on a show has likely heard me mention coffee one or probably a thousand times. Coffee, however awesome it is, has some downsides and should be consumed in moderation. That's why we partnered with Laird Superfoods. They've got lots of stuff, but their coffee and coffee creamers have been engineered to taste better, provide functional benefits, and don't contain any refined sugars. So are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ARCPODNETFEED at checkout and save 15% on your purchase today. You can also click the link in your show notes. Welcome back to episode 163 of a Life in Ruins podcast. We are talking about humans eating flesh. And we had teased that we're going to talk about some cut marks at Kubifora. But my question is, why aren't they talking about Kubi after? Uh, God damn it. That's the worst dad joke. Yeah, send your groans. It's, it's pretty good. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. When you said it in the interim, I was like, you have to repeat that because it's fucking gold. Yeah, it could work. Um, delivery could work. But also send yeah. me all your groans um, to my Instagram. Play them as loud as possible. I, I, I appreciate think, that. You know, you should join that clown college that David did during COVID, and that should be your set piece. That'd be good. <laughs> I should have called it clown college. But like, David really did like a, a stand up 
workshop and he did a yeah. online zoom performance with the comedy seller like a famous yeah. thing yeah like like a like a big big name things so that clown college is uh not not quite that that's uh that's comedian school i think I think I think it's like literally for clouds. <laughs> I'm really like, but yeah. So we, we're, as we're like looking this up, I realized like a, a recent science article dropped today, and or not science article. Shit, I have way too many tabs open. Like like we got into the weeds when it came to this cannibalism stuff because it's it's there it's everywhere, dude. Yeah, um, it's a hot topic, and uh, so it is in scientific reports, which is published. By, by nature, nature. that's yep. right. Remember, and you guys know how we feel about yeah. nature. <laughs> you want us to do the standard spiel? We'll do the airline. <laughs> it's like be careful when you read archaeology <laughs> and nature because, like, that's how you get Saruti. <laughs> you know, usually it's like a brilliant publication outside of that. But whoever's running the archaeology division, I mean, granted, they and and I and I, I love Steve Holland. Like, he's a really good guy, but like they drop some highly controversial things. And at the end of the day, it gets the field talking. So I guess they're doing their job because like we talk about it and we reflect on the field a lot yeah. and it spurs a lot of people to action to talk about these hot button topics. So yeah. And you hope that they, that, that creates publishing and, and stuff to counter that, those things. And, and um, that's so, what happens. So yeah, I don't completely it right. hate it. I, I don't completely hate it, but I do hate it a little bit just yeah. because I think it, it gets disseminated so much then like the larger audience misses like the rebuttals and the later publications that are like, nah, fam, this isn't what's going on. So that's my, that's my only beef. Yeah. You heard it before. We're a broken fucking record, but broken there you go. Fucking record. Um, so this is early Pleistocene cut mark, commented fossil from Kubi for Kenya by Brianna Pobiner et al. This is scientific reports. So we came across it because uh, the news media is buzzing with it. And of course, like they did with our goddamn horse paper, twisting it and like mike ponte who's a co-author one of um connor's former professors at csu says like it's not necessarily cannibalism he says that like repeatedly <laughs> and they're like they're eating each other and he's like no they're not um well, so i think it's evidence like in the title they don't say like they don't come out swinging saying cannibalism is practice it's just like there's a cut mark here What's, yeah what what does that mean we don't know then they're, then they're definitely cut marks so what they have is one shin bone by a species that they're not quite sure what it is originally it was uncovered by mary leakey of the famous leakey family back in the day so the, so the bone the shin bone is 1.4 million years old um it's a left shin bone it was originally described as boisei and then later it was changed to something else. And nowadays they're like, it's unidentifiable. We really, we, we know it's, it's genus homo. We know that for sure. It's a mm-hmm. bipedal hominid. We don't know which one. And, and thank God they did that because, you know, fuck paleoanthropology trying to identify things. <laughs> but what they have here, they ultra scan the shit out of this shin bone mm-hmm. and they use 3D models of the marks to identify them. And sure as shit, there are multiple vertical and horizontal cut marks on this shin bone parallel and, which is really interesting too yeah so these definitely aren't marks from carnivores gnawing or rodents or any sort of bioturbation or which means like basically after the things deposited roots or whatever fuck with it this they're very much cultural marks made by another hominin and they're towards the i i don't know skeletal lingual but they're, to, they're towards the knee part of the shin bone i think that's um because distal is away from the center of the body. What's the opposite? Proximal? Proximal. I think it's the proximal end of the... We're probably wrong. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're wrong. Um, Quote us. Yeah. And, but yeah. So it's it's near the knee bone. Like you would be cutting off the calf almost, right? It looks like it because it's towards the back end. So the calf end. Fuck, we really got to go through anatomy again. We're like, so it's in the back. So it's where your calf would be, right? That's like when you're doing leg curls, it's that part of the, the shin bone that's cut on. So it's like in a very like, it's not in the middle of the bone. It's yeah. in the back towards the meaty bits. So like they're carving through some bipedal calves to yeah. get there. And that's where it gets, and they're all in like, they're pretty centered in one part of the bone too. And I guess like the verticality and horrors, like they're, they're clearly in the same spot. So it's very much fucking intentional. And that's kind of, I think where they leave it, which is kind of really interesting that they just say, and they have like a sentence at the end that's like, Oh, this could be this, this could be that, but they are, they're really not calling it either or right now, which I have a ton of respect for doing. It's just saying like this is this is the evidence. They're cut marks. 
we need more to study to find if this is actually like a ritual practice. Yeah. And they're very clearly like, listen, there's uncontested evidence for cannibalism with Neanderthals like much later. This is fucking weird. We're not saying it's necessarily cannibalism or anthropophagy. It could be because at this point, there's still like several species of genus homo running around. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's another genus of I mean, it has to be right. Like we're the only ones carrying fucking tools. So it could be another group of genus homo uh, coming in and eating them. Is that cannibalism? I don't. Yes, an exo. Fuck. Now we're getting back in the goddamn paleo. Like, maybe is that exo cannibalism? Then I guess that's that's the cons. But I guess that, yeah. that the assumption with that is that they're all humans and they're all of the same species. Or were they just hungry? Or, or was that just Sunday dinner? I don't know. What are we going to call it? Right. Like, are they like the Donners? Is this something going on where like they can't eat anything else and they're eating their body, who's already yeah. dead? I don't know. I don't, well, I don't know. Like, but it could also be a ritual practice of defleshing their body for burial. Like we can't leave them here to rot. It's one shin bone. I don't know. Where's the rest of the skeleton? Uh, Is there more of the skeleton? That I imagine if there's more of the skeleton, they'd be like, no, nah, there's no more cut marks. Yeah. Um, and it might be just that. Oh, dude, we were fucking right. This fossil specimen is nearly complete proximal tibia with the proximal end, proximal shaft and mid shaft present. So we said the right words. Yeah, sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll see. They did they did some other kind of scientific stuff. But when we really are seeing better evidence, like this is this is very much a one off kind of thing. I think we're not really seeing 1.4 million years ago, maybe even 500,000 years ago. We're not really finding good evidence of human bones being defleshed, I guess. Maybe yeah. I think there's one in 600,000 years, Homo sapiens bones from Ethiopia. I don't know. I'll have to double check that. But we're going to gloss over that for now. And we're going to we're going to jump to Neanderthals. Yeah. So going to like who we know is actually fucking eating each other. Mm-hmm. And it's Homo sapiens, Neanderthalensis. And then also anatomically modern humans are doing it too. Like, like something weird happened 30,000 years ago. So like everyone's kind of doing it. But it's like mostly in Europe. Yeah. And Asia, like Central Asia, at a time when Neanderthals are kind of on their way out and like initial anatomically modern humans are coming in. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe there's this, like, well, there's not many Neanderthals around and they're not having a good time. Maybe it is they're eating each other to fucking survive. And maybe these anatomically modern humans who aren't familiar with the landscape as like initial colonizing populations are fucking eating each other to survive. Yeah. I'd also be interested to see if it is like, um, we can call it a modern bias. So people in Europe or people who are studying sites in Europe, Africa are, are taking these kind of approaches where you're doing microscopic kind of analysis of cut marks, et cetera. And maybe that's not done in other places because right. of whatnot, but that I would be interested to see how many uh, like actual studies are being done in other places to see if that is like, maybe it is like a homo sapiens thing, or maybe uh, it's just specific to this way or two human groups are nearby. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question, but we definitely, we definitely have evidence like yeah. super, super good evidence of Neanderthals cutting their homies up and eating them. Yeah. So like well-documented. So it's not just cut marks, but also seeing like, Human tooth marks are chewing marks. So not only are they being yeah. cut, they're being not on like you would yeah. at fucking famous Dave's and you got a full slack of baby back ribs. <laughs> and that's the kind of like human bone marks we got on these bad boys. So it's like very clearly like people are, are eating these people type of stuff. So it's definitely happening in Spain and France and in Germany uh, in these Neanderthal populations. And they're also finding it in the in their in their their gut fauna too, right? I think yeah. that's, that's that's part of that too. Is that at least in Spain and then later stuff too? They're definitely finding it in their gut fauna. So like, yeah, yeah, they're eating people. I mean, there's there's no other way that that gets inside of you. There's yeah, there's no other fucking way. There's a really as we were searching through this, we came across this article that I, I really liked, and it's titled "Were Neanderthals Responsible for Their Own Extinction?" by Augusti and Rubio Cambio. I just assumed that was Spanish, but it might be like the, I might be fucking up an Italian's name like we did with uh, Umberto. Um, <laughs> or Umberto. 
Alborella. Yeah, guys, it's Alborella, not Alborella. It's like, dude, you get some double L's and you have that accent <laughs> saying Alborella. Fucking Americans speak one other language and it's Spanish <laughs> and they're taking that away from us. Um, we're uh, so sorry, though. <laughs> so sorry. Such a, such a great guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what they're talking about in this article is, you know, like, so we know uh, cannibalism is documented in a number of Neanderthal sites. So probably, so if it's a number of cannibal sites or yeah, cannibal sites, Neanderthal sites, you know, it's probably cannibalism because it seems to be like a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, so there's Caprina, level 25 from Combe Grenal, Moila Guercy. This is me fucking up French names again. Pradellis. Yeah. We need our uh, French uh, speaker here, uh, David. And here's what to do. Quavadale Boqueta de Zafariah, LC Drone. Um, so, yeah, uh, a couple of these places. And uh, they also talk about it being Homo intercessor and Homo rodensiensis, and we're not you know, touching that at the moment. Yeah. So what they're talking about is as they're radiocarbonating these sites, they're noticing, like, they're late Neanderthal occupations. It's, it's not great. And so they're looking at ex- ex- cannibalism for basically like they kind of ate themselves to death is, is like essentially like what they're trying to explore mm-hmm. is, is this really sad idea that it wasn't <laughs> humans that killed them off. It was like cannibals that are these Neanderthals got so hungry. They just ate each other because they weren't doing so well towards the, well, the end of the last glacial maximum is still like 15,000, 20,000 years away, but they're not having a good time. Yeah, they're they're definitely um, on the the decline, and it, it is interesting that if <laughs> one of their results is that cannibalism is actually an okay strategy, but it depends yeah. on what you are <laughs> in terms of like your territory versus other people's territory. So they're saying like in hostile territory, cannibalism ain't too bad of a strategy. It's so it allows a group to increase its resources and protects the zone from incoming groups. And then once other people are a non-cannibalistic competitors introduce, cannibalism becomes an extremely negative trait. Right. And it kind of affects them that way, which is is a kind of a fucked up paper, but that's an interesting, you know, kind right. of idea. So and so they're using they're they're modeling this. They're putting this in a computer program. And it's fantastic because you look at the the figures and they clearly screen grab the entire screen and it looks like something out of fucking uh it looks like Fallout One is what their <laughs> screen looks like. But it's so that, so they put in all these all these variables and they're showing like without an extra group, Homo sapiens, cannibalism is beneficial because you're keeping the population alive. Like there's that really fucked up quote from The Walking Dead um, when they meet the cannibals and that core memory unlocked. And they justify it. They're like, you know, if a, if a mother bear is starving and so are two cubs, if the mother bear dies, everyone dies. But if the you know bears eat their cubs, if they're and so do pandas, a lot of animals eat their young. Yeah, when they're not times aren't great because at the end of the day, they can still if they Reproduce. eat their babies and survive, they can just make new babies. That's kind of the game theory logic, and that's what they're applying here. Is like, if Neanderthals are eating each other when times are tough, it's going to help. But when you throw in another population that ain't eating each other but apparently they are. I don't know. That's interesting. I think that's a, and we'll, and that, that'll be uh, in the sh- links in the show notes. So we'll, yeah. we'll get that. It's a fun paper. It's only six pages. It's like a, it's a fun read. It's like, Oh, this is how you apply math and computers to like, what's this question solve? For sure. And then the, the kind of the next article, which really is cool because it's talks about like a very large time death from like homo antecessor to like the bronze age and takes this kind of like big approach to say, what is the evidence for cannibalism in prehistoric Western Europe? I mean, you'd love to see this done in Eastern Europe. You'd love to see this done in Africa, but this is where they're focusing their stuff on. Um, And they, they really have a good kind of conglomeration, whatever it is of dates of methods of cannibalism of, kind of what the population is, who is getting eaten, et cetera. So I think that is really interesting. And you can kind of see that cannibalism is for sure starting at least 8,000, 800,000 BP, and then just kind of keeps ramping and gets more evidence um, as you go through time, which is interesting. I don't know. We want to take a break here and dive back in. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a, that's a good natural report. So yeah, we'll get back and we're going to talk about that that paper, Archaeological Evidence for Cannibalism in Prehistoric Western Europe from Homo Antecessor to the Bronze Age by Saladi and Rodriguez Hildalgo. So we'll be right back after these smooth, smooth messages. Messages, messages, <laughs> Jesus. What if you could have a career? 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And welcome back to episode 163. So uh, getting to this article, they document evidence of like legit cannibalism in Western Europe. So Spain, Portugal, France, you know, the, basically the big players in World War II, minus the Soviets. It's like you got Croatia in there. They were minor. They they weren't they weren't a big one in there. But weren't they Yugoslavia yeah. at that time? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So they talk about. I mean, it does a really good case by case of like how long has this shit been going on? And like, granted, we're talking about over the course of like thousands of years, and they're looking at like sixteen sites. But then again, paleoanthropology doesn't have that many samples to begin with, anyways. So early Pleistocene, we got at Grandolina. They're cutting up kids and eating them. You know, like going back to that bear analogy. Yeah. <laughs> between ten and fifteen, they're they're eating children, and these are uh, Homo antecessors. So there's eleven individuals, and it's it's not great. Also, a suggested intergroup violence. So that would be an an example of exo cannibalism. So that's they're eating their neighbors' kids. Yeah, like so over forty four point five percent exhibited some type of <gasps> anthropogenic modification, like being cut or bone breakage. And like, this is the big one. They're like cutting, they're breaking open long bones and like sucking out marrow. Like they're Ooh. eating each other. Like they're, they're, they're going hard. Numerous human teeth marks. They're, they're eating each other. And it just, they were keeps, scalped too, which is fucking wild. People wanted them dead and then in their stomachs very quickly. So who the <laughs> hell knows? Jesus Christ. It's, I did it's not, not expect great. that to go that hard. <laughs> Yeah, they, whatever homo antecessor is, which I don't know what the fuck that is even, where that even falls on the tree. We're not going to try to define it either. Look it up because we we can't. We just can't. Yeah. So homo (laughs) antecessor and a couple sites across like France and Spain, they're they're eating each other. Um, And then we're moving to like Neanderthals really quickly. So there's evidence of cannibalism dating from approximately 130 to 40,000 KY. So yeah, forget everything I said in the first two segments. Like, oh, yeah, it's happening rather late. It's like apparently they were always fucking doing this. I was absolutely <laughs> wrong. And the clearest example of cannibalism is found at Moulagersi, France, mm-hmm. Cueva del Cidrone. Crapina comes in there too. In yeah. Croatia. And that one has controversy. Um, and it's documented a number of other places. At these sites, human remains are scarce, and some bones show cut marks and green fractures. Basically, a green fracture is, is you're breaking them when they're fresh. So, like, they're trying to extract bone marrow. That's that's what that evidence is. But it, it gets it gets weird. It's like one of those things where is this linked to a, a funerary practice? That's where, like, this whole thing kind of keeps coming back to play. It's like without us watching them eat each other or with the evidence of, like, the, mito, the DNA and, like, the fecal matter that shows, like, no, there's, there's human proteins other than the digestive tract, like there's human flesh in that shit, literally. Yeah. It's like, wh- how, what are we seeing here? Cause like we can't, you know, f- affirmatively say like, this isn't a burial practice of some sort. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting at the, the Mula Gursi stuff, they're treating the hominin and deer carcasses the same way. Yeah. That's fucking wild to me. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess if it, if if you if you're understanding of, of like a uh, human and like you're not thinking about him as cannibalism, you're just thinking about it as another food to eat in this area that you're butchering them the same, which is which is really interesting because that that means there's no it doesn't really signal any distinction between other folks and 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 animals and animals yeah exactly it's like oh they're they're doing the exact same thing that they're doing to their prey species like yikes fuck that's probably cannibal (laughs) yeah like oh they're these are you know they're 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 butchering that long pig that's what they're doing (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, what was it called when they put it in the stew wasn't there like a Oh my god! I'll figure it out. Uh, but I yeah, think I it's mean, just called long pig. I mean, long, in, oh, that in general, okay. In general, I think in Pirates of the Caribbean, like when they're talking about it, that's. I think we talked about this on the show before. They call it long pork. And if you're listening, it's like, where did you, this is the second movie? And they're talking to some guy, and it's like, oh, I saw that ship at this island. They have the best long pork he's ever eaten. And like, oh, the guy's like, okay. Yeah, he's like, say, there's fucking cannibals there. But like, if you don't know that term, you're just like, oh, he's eating a kind of like 
pork jerky cool like no I, i've read this really fucked up creepy pasta about going to hell and guy fieri's there and he's having to eat long pork and you turn down and he's like taking cuts off your legs and feeding it to you anyway that's how i learned to be in the show on. notes that- <laughs> how do you like that long pig um and then we start so yeah that's fascinating they're treating they're treating their relatives or friends or whoever like they are dear like it's the exact process and that's what you'd be doing if you were eating your relatives you know what you, you know what you're doing there's a certain you can only i mean there's a couple ways to skin a cat but like there's only those couple <laughs> ways to skin a cat same for people like there's there's only so much you can do like if you're trying to be you know there's, there's only so many ways to skin a human is the name of this yeah only so <laughs> many ways to skin a human that's a great episode that's a great episode. Um, but moving on we do see it also in anatomically modern humans in the upper paleolithic also into the bronze age they estimated that 40 percent of french magdalenian remains showed signs of butchery and only five percent were found in intentional burials so that's like scavenging right yeah. You're not you're not putting them in there, or you're not defleshing them, putting them in there and burying them. You're you're scavenging, or I guess not burying them. I mean, oh, there, I guess that's again that gets into the weeds again. Same sort of thing. There's a group of people in India that do this. I saw them on the Wild Boys. So now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't know if it's necessarily factual, but it's a group of people. Rather, you know how like Hindus are always trying to do like get get into heaven by doing all the good shit they can their idea is like well if they do all the bad shit they think if they do all the bad shit in the world so they like rob graves and eat human flesh they practice this one of them tried to eat wee man like on television it was fucking hilarious so they're just like uh they're trying to get all the the sins out of them quick and then they'll just live pure lives later in heaven or whatever that is yeah Yes, the Angori, a small group of ascetic Shiva sadhus. Uh, they engage in post-mortem rituals. They often dwell in carnal grounds, smear cremation ashes on their bodies, and eat spuds from human corpus for crafts and kapalas and julie. So, yeah, they they legit. They're legit. They do this. Yeah, and this is, um, we're going to actually change the name of this podcast to How to Pronounce Everything, because we are just so, <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> but it practices it. And then also, I, I don't mean to go on a rant, but, and talks about modern day cannibalism as we researched this. A couple years ago, when I was in my introduction to archaeology class, there, we were talked about how there was this like, you know, human meat made out of... It's like fake human meat and it was made out of plant-based proteins. And I don't know how they got the texture and taste right. I've never eaten humans, so I don't know. And I've always been bummed like that'd be kind of cool to try. But recently last year, as part of a Halloween promo in 2022, a uh, group out of Sweden came up with this. This is from their commercial. At home, with her plants. It's any mouth-watering meat you can imagine. This Halloween, we bring you the scariest plant-based food ever. Plant-based human meat. So be scared, but relax. Because it's plant-based. The human meat plant-based burger. Do you dare to taste it? Only available this Halloween. Because otherwise it would be creepy. I want it. I want it I'm so scared. bad. I'm, I just, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, I, as I, and what's funny enough is like an hour ago before the podcast, I um, Lana was the one that had the Bob's Burgers recipe book. And I've been craving like one of those Bob's Burgers. So I ordered the book and like that first recipe is based on the first episode where it's like the human meat one. So I'm going to find these goddamn human meat plant patties and I'm going to make that goddamn burger. You should film it. Do a Carlton Cooks. Like cooking, oh, Jesus. Cooking with cooking Carlton. Cooking with Carlton. Cooking with Carlton. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I did a cooking with Carlton. See, I feel like this is like a gateway drug though. You start eating like plant-based human flesh you're like oh this is good this tastes like and then you like you kind of crave it and then you're like okay what's what's the real thing taste like though you got it you want to take that next step 
Yeah, just join the Ukrainian Liberation Force and just start like every time I kill a Russian, be like, oh, how's that? Looking? It looks, uh, it looks let's pretty get, fresh there. Yeah, let's, get, let's get that back strap off them. See how that tastes like. No one will tell. We'll just throw them in a mass grave later. <laughs> I'll report Jesus back. Christ. Jesus Christ. I'll be like real careful with all my archaeological knowledge to like make sure it like looks like it's a defleshing practice. <laughs> you just or even better, a... just like just cut off the surface, not even get the bone. Like no one will know I'm cutting. See, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. It's there should be no marks on the bone. If you hit the bone, you've gone too far. Yeah, just also, roast the whole person. We could just oven bake them, like the Hawaiians and the pig. Like I could just <laughs> oven bake them. <laughs> And the meat will fall off. There's no bone. And then just, yeah, mass grave. Sky burial, too. Oh, dude, even, even, uh, I mean, what, am I the bird? Am I going to, like, peck at it? I mean, I want, got to process it. <laughs> I don't want to eat after them. Wait, you're not going to eat raw human flesh? What are you? Nah, Come on. That, that's, <laughs> too, that's too extreme. Let me just start with the plant-based burger, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> Tell you, it's a fucking gateway drug. Why do you put the, why do you humans do this? Like, we are the only species that, artificially created our own meat to feed to ourselves <laughs> because we didn't want to actually eat ourselves. It is fucking ridiculous. But apparently, fuck? according to this article, Connor, it's genetic. We were predisposed to want to eat ourselves. <laughs> so it's only naturally come up with a plant-based alternative. So we don't actually commit the sin of not cannibalism, remember, because we did the definitions in the beginning. Cannibalism <laughs> is culturally approved. We don't want to do anthropophagy, which is not approved. Uh, so yeah, I'll do the plant-based human burger. This, uh, this only confirms to me that vegans are the worst people on the whole planet. Or vegetarians. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. They all suck. Weren't you a uh, vegan for a bit? I sucked. I bet. I felt so bad for you. It was, it was abuse. That was actually good. Okay. Not all vegans are bad, but it is hilarious to me that vegans did create the first human meat. <laughs> Yeah. I like it in moderation. Like I'd like going veggie days. Oh yeah. Like, I, do, I do like my meat every now and then I need that protein. Like that's, and the omega threes, like I just don't want to go crazy just by eating plants. The only thing they could never really replicate, like they could do kind of meat substitutes, which are okay. They obviously don't have like the omega threes or, or the, the amount of protein that you get out of red meat, no. but they could never replicate cheese in a way. God, like they could no. never, they could never ever put cheese make vegan cheese good enough as the regular stuff like there's it's just not possible it, it, it hasn't uh, happened i really like those meatless crumbles my morning star those and the black bean patties yeah go-tos love those the absolutely ones are weird it's just like yeah i'd rather get the soy crumbles like i can i can fake that pretty well like that's that's good and i can i can fuck with a beyond meat burger every every once in a while i mean they're not terrible we'll have to i'd have to talk to my future brother-in-law i don't know uh he works for one of those companies that does it with mushrooms specifically so oh, like yeah? the, the tofu based stuff and the soy based stuff is is just just terrible for you but his company is doing it out of mushrooms which is something that is more less bad for you in general i just think like high soy and high tofu like diets are just dog shit and not really good for you fair enough i thought your, your sister's still not married because they got engaged like a year or two ago right yeah, she get married in October. So, oh, sweet! Congrats to her. Yeah, it's gonna be a wild one. We got really off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of love these these like third segments of these episodes. Just right, like no. go the rabbit hole that we go down is like. See, I, I like it for the third segment, but like, cause when you guys try to have me listen to history of hyenas, this was like two minutes in, you know, <laughs> they, so I could, they, they, they were always off topic. They're like Genghis Khan was wild. They're like, I know it was wild that, that fucking sandwich I had down the corner. And it's like, it's fucking gone. And I was like, what the fuck is this show? They're like Genghis Khan was wild. It's like, all right. But anyways, we leave it for the third segment where we go off on random tangents about soy products. Yeah, I think I think we could we can end our discussion there. Do look up these articles that we're going to drop in the show notes. If you have questions about cannibalism, ask Carlton because he might be one soon. I'll be an anthropophagist. Yeah, pophagist. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, listening to us. Once again, like, rate, review, whatever they say on those big podcasts that actually make money. Uh, please do those things. Yeah, please do those things. Review the podcast. Yeah. 
If you're listening to us on the All Shows feed, we greatly appreciate it. But, you know, same as always, click the subscribe button to our individual show. That's how we get the numbers. That's how we get sponsors and people that want to promote on our show. Um, our numbers are doing well, everybody. You know, thank you, everyone, who for all the love and support you've given us. We'd really love the emails. We'll get back to them when we can. Yeah. And they've been and they've been great and supportive and asking good questions. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you all for doing that. We, we enjoy the shit out of it. So, but are Catholics cannibals? Hmm. Not just Catholics, Christians, because like I, I, as I'm almost finished with this bottle of wine, wine is the blood of Christ. So is that like and the bread is the body and the bread is the body. So is that a form of like ritual? Is that still like a form of ritual cannibalism? Like that's the whole point, right? OK, the bigger question is, does drinking blood count as cannibalism or is it flesh derived? Hold on, is drinking blood cannibalism? I think it is because I, I, I see flesh everywhere in like the description. Like is Dracula or uh, what's his face? Vlad the Impaler? Uh, yes. Well, hold on. People are upset about this. Uh, <laughs> drinking on blood is considered cannibalism. Uh, but then if you drink someone's urine, is that cannibal? No, that's a waste product. <laughs> well, blood could be a waste product. Too. Oh, look at this. It's communion cannibalism. <laughs> if we took these references literally it looks like cannibalism actually christians in the other days of the church were accused of cannibalism because they heard about christians eating christ's body and drinking his blood uh but it wasn't legal at that time not until constantine <laughs> it, but they says that the the doctor in in theology says it's not cannibalism it's being properly connected to christ i don't know you're eating the dude uh you're still out on that Murray's still out. Yeah, all the good stuff. Rate and review the podcast. Really appreciate the ratings and what you guys think of the show. Yeah, let us know if there's other topics. We got one lined up. Someone was curious. Send us topics and not necessarily people. We're kind of getting away from the interview thing, to be honest. It's gotten kind of... It, things have changed. Like, we're not all, like, grad students anymore. Like, we've tried. There's some people I want to interview, and, like, you're a professor now. It's like the dynamic's changing, everybody. Yeah. So give us topics that we can bring people on rather than these strict interviews. Yeah, I'm not saying we're can- canceling those interviews, but we're just going to do them less, less often. More public people we are closer to. It's it works better that way. Yeah, and that's all you guys asked. You guys told us to stop doing those so much, anyways. We're like we're still going to do them. Yeah, sweet, and we're out. Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Life in Ruins Podcast. And you can also email us at A Life in Ruins Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. Connor, what is your joke for me today? Oh, man, this, is, this one's good. My buddy crashed the car while listening to Adele. He was rolling in the Jeep. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, with that, we're truly out. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.